What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where I, Kyle, from Kyle Curtin Real Estate, interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building, and personal finance industries. Let's build together. Welcome to episode 16 of the podcast. Today, I get the amazing opportunity of interviewing Brian Lucia. He is an absolutely inspiring and extremely successful investor and founder of Bel Air Property Management with multiple offices in Mass. This was an extremely informative interview with absolutely brilliant information that is all priceless, all in one place. Brian is such an unbelievable person, and I am extremely grateful to share the second part of this three-part interview with everyone. This is definitely one to listen to over and over again, because there is so much value that you won't absorb all of it in just one listen. There is unreal amounts of value in this episode, and I hope you enjoy. Let's jump right into the episode. You know what the worst day any of my investors from that meeting had? The very worst day of their life. What? We'd done a few deals, got a really nice windfall. In the next following Sunday, I went in with church envelopes for everybody. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. What's this? Open it. It's my investment plus this month's interest. What happened? We did a really great deal and we're paying you back. The look of disappointment on their faces. <laughs> One gentleman said, well, well, do you have anything else? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> he went from a 40 grand investment to a 100 grand investment with us. You know, every month it, it was, it was, um, what do they call it? Dequity, right? You can have debt, you can have equity, you could have dequity, which is in the middle. So I was just doing debt notes, you know, like a mortgage, right? You write me a promissory note. I'll give you interest every month. And then at the end of the term, I write you a big fat check. Well, we're sitting on enough real estate and I've got a life insurance policy on me. If anything happened to me, my wife could stroke a check and pay off all the investors. Yeah. That's the only thing an investor wants to know. They want to write a check and get a bigger one back. How am I going to get my money back? Forget waterfall this and you know preferred stock this and all this. I want to write you a check. I want to know what I'm going to get back, when I'm going to get back, and how are you going to secure it? I secure it by the property. Yep. Pretty simple. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. It's like, I, I'm I woke so up, blown away. Well, I woke up an artist and a graphic designer and I turned into this monster you see in front of you. But I, <laughs> I, I enjoy it so much. You know, there's always people at the end of the day. And if I, I mean, that's, that's my element, right? That's why I got out of marketing and advertising. Because I could not be putting up that facade telling you you needed to buy this software and your life would be better when I knew it wasn't true. I was selling lies. Yep. Now, right. provide beautiful indoor, I mean, a, a beautiful living experience, an uplifting experience. Cool. <laughs> What's next, Kyle? What do you got? Bring it on. Ooh, this is, this is a big one. What is the most important lesson that you have learned over your career? 
This is a really good answer. I mean, a really good question. And the answer I've learned later on in my years, which I wish I would have known at the beginning. Leverage out those things. Don't think that you're going to do it all yourself. I mean, the first 10, 15 years of my wife and I doing this, it was just us. And we would do it. And we did a lot of rehabs ourselves. And so, oh, no, I could do this. Or no one's going to do it to the level I'll do it. But you're never going to hit that point where you can scale if you are the bottleneck. You have to take yourself out of that equation, document whatever that operation is. If you're going to have a virtual assistant do it, if you're going to hire someone, um, if you're going to even do contractors. But the last three years of our lives, we've had like three to five crews, construction crews, just going around doing everything, prepping the properties to sell. And I just kicked myself in the butt for not having that mentality when I started. Because if I would have thought that way, then I'd be doing this interview from a condo on a beach somewhere, right? <laughs> which is in the future, but not yet. <laughs> so yeah, leveraging out those tasks. I mean, um, Henry Ford, he says, I could work a hundred hours and make a dollar an hour, or I could have a hundred men earning me a dollar an hour. Yeah, leverage out those things. And, you know, uh, you hear it all the time. You partner with people with different skills. My wife, she can catch a penny at the speed of light, tell you if it's heads or tails, and pinch that beard right off of Abe Lincoln. She's like standing right here today in this moment saying, these are the bills we need to pay to get to tomorrow. Where I'm the visionary looking out 10, 15 years saying, that's where we're going. And she's keeping me grounded. Okay, this is the next step. So having someone like that on your team or working together with someone like that. Um, what's the other book? Uh, Rocket Fuel. Yep. You have Visionary and you have the... Integrator. Oh, integrator, thank you. See, I'm the Visionary. I can only remember that one. <laughs> the Visionary and the Integrator and they work together, right? You've got to know who does well or does what well. Yeah. And then let go. I mean, that... Letting go, that was the hardest part. If I would have let go earlier in my career, and uh, in the 20 years I've been doing this, I always ask landlords the same question. If you knew what you knew now, starting over, what would you have done differently? And the number one answer is I would have started sooner. And that one's obvious, right? Just yeah. because of the leverage, right? The second answer really surprised me when I started to hear it. I would have gone bigger sooner. And I had to digest that one. It's like, well, what does that mean? You know, just because of momentum, you know, and leverage, uh, just if you, that hundred people work in $1, in one hour you make $100, where if you're doing it in one hour you make $1. Duh. Okay, so if you can spread that out, and that person doing that job might love doing that job, and you don't want to do it. So I love to build businesses. I love to create teams. I love writing operations manuals. I love seeing this is where we're going to go with this. That's, you know, that, that pumps me up. It gets me juiced. 
So what have I learned? Know when to let go and give the steering wheel to somebody else because they might actually do that job better than you. And that's going to free you up for growth to scale. Wow. You know, Brian, that one actually speaks to me like at this point, like right now uh, with a decision that I've been back and forth on. And what do you got? I'll help you with it. What do you got? <laughs> so hey, it's your podcast, what do you got? <laughs> so basically I was considering um, using like a virtual assistant for like all of my social media stuff and to kind of like edit the podcast and like cut it into clips and make it all nice and everything. Cause all that stuff takes quite a bit of time. And I feel like my time could be better spent, you know, like analyzing deals or, you know, talking to people like having these kind of meetings. And I've been back and forth on like, if I'm kind of ready for that kind of thing. Um, Cause I mean, it does take like, you know, at least a couple hours, you know, on a Sunday, like my computer is, you know, about to fry because I'm trying to edit, you know, like hour long podcasts and stuff. And then I have to rewatch it again. That's like another whole hour, write down the time, um, you know, for like certain clips that I really want to like pick out and like post individually and like, just do all that stuff. And, you know, then it takes another hour for my computer to actually like publish it and everything. And, like I've gone back and forth on doing something like that. And, you know, I've read, um, oh, what was it? Tim Ferriss, Four Hour Workweek. I haven't read that one yet, surprisingly. That, <laughs> That's your answer, brother. Yeah, I, I most certainly will. Um, but yeah, you know, and I, I totally see exactly where you're coming from, you know, like writing down all of your, your uh, SOPs, you know, the sequence of operation. Standard operating procedure. Yeah, yeah, that's better. <laughs> that's more like it. Um, you know, ever since I read the E-Myth, like my head totally exploded from that. Like there have been only a couple like real like financial right hooks um, or like entrepreneurial like ideas that have crossed my mind and like really blown everything like much bigger picture. And after reading the E-Myth and hearing about like the process and like, making your business dependent on your procedures instead of the person doing them oh, yeah. has really been like insane. And, you know, I would kind of love to hear like when, like you finally pulled the trigger on like kind of delegating your first thing to somebody else and kind of like how you were feeling and like, you know, if you were ready for it, like that kind of thing. Well, you mentioned that you, you said you weren't sure if you're ready for it. Uh, spoiler alert. You will never be ready for it. So it's just doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Like scariest thing for me, but the most exciting thing for me is hiring someone. Yeah. All right. So Sunday, you do your process. You're going to uh, edit your video and all this stuff. Have a sheet of paper next to you and just this first time through. It'll take longer this Sunday. Well, one, because I'm talking, but uh, it'll take longer this Sunday because you're going to document. Okay, the first thing I needed to do was take the file from point A to point B. Yeah. Write down point A to point B. So the first time you do this, you're going to make that checklist. For you to be able to give this to a virtual assistant, you're going to dump this into a Dropbox folder somewhere, give them access to just that one folder. And in that folder, you're going to give them a checklist. Take this video, 
and do this. Make sure they are very good speaking English because your podcasts are in English, right? Yeah. And uh, Tim Ferriss's book, I mean, there's all kinds of blogs out there working with virtual assistants. Basically, you've got to have your recipe down. So every time they make a chocolate chip cookie, it comes out the exact same way. So yeah. the first two or three times, and even when you're training someone in your business, it's going to take you two, three, four, five times longer to do that process that you always do. Because now I got to say, okay, Kyle, when we do this part of the process, this is what you do and why. And here's the purpose behind it. And I want you to understand before I give you the next step, why that's important. So yeah, I could take that whole process and do it in an hour and be done just the way I want it. Or I could spend five hours with you and teach you how to do it and then never spend that hour of my life doing that again. Yeah. You're thrilled because you're doing something that you love and you see the purpose of it. I'm thrilled because now I can do that network event or negotiate that deal. So you're never going to be ready for it, but start working. Um, anything that you find yourself, like uh, anything that your brain is telling you, oh, I don't really want to do this. That's the thing you've got to give to a virtual assistant, but you do have to document. Yeah. That's the hard one. Because if you don't tell them exactly ABCD what to do, you're going to get what you put into it. Yeah. So take that one small thing. Right now it's editing the videos for you. That's going to free up your Sunday. Yeah. You'll be able to read the four-hour work week. You're right. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah you're, you're totally right. That's um, No, I'm, I'm just gonna... learning. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not totally right. I'll never say that. I'm, I'm going to really take that one, yeah. take that one very close. Um, you know, and, and really really think about that one like Dude. like in the kitchen every every chef you have the sous chef the main chef the people who does the salads just figure out that one chunk of it and put it on someone's plate yeah all right i think we're halfway through uh let's see we're at four <laughs> hours we're doing good <laughs> yeah not to kind of like get back into that again but i uh like ever since i read the e-myth pretty much like everything like with my real estate stuff, I've tried to write like an SOP for it. Yeah. And I have like, I have one kind of like pretty close to done, um, you know, for something like that. It's just like pulling the trigger on it, you know, and like testing out that, that process with someone. And, you know, cause like I, I would kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm not a designer or anything, you know what I mean? Like, I just kind of get by when it comes to like editing the podcast and stuff and like, yeah, I, you know, it's my decision, you know, whatever. And I try and make it kind of the way I want it. But I know that there's somebody out there who can do it much better than I can, that will totally enjoy it a lot more, which would then free up my time as well, put more money in their pocket. And I feel like everybody would be happy, happy. Yeah. Yeah. I think you got something there. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. To get back on that, that was most important lesson. Yeah. Leverage out those tasks. Uh, Henry Ford, he used to have on his desk, this phone console with all these different buttons. And uh, during, what was it? The Skokes monkey trial or whatever that was, Darwin or something like that. They were trying to put him down saying, well, you're not smart at all. He's like, in today's terms, he would have been a trillionaire or something. 
Yeah. And uh, this prosecutor just kept drilling him and drilling him and drilling him and drilling him. And finally, Henry Ford said something to the effect of, you know, I may not be smart, but I can push any button on my desk and get an answer from someone way smarter than you on any topic. I want to answer. I leverage to all those geniuses. Even uh, Robert Kiyosaki and uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad says, or uh, Cashflow Quadrant, right? He says, hire people smarter than you are and let them fight over who's the smartest. <laughs> I don't got to be the smartest person in the room. You got to hire the smartest person in the room. Yeah, that's brilliant. Honestly, that that concept, you know, and it's like, it makes a lot more sense. Like once you just kind of like start to think about it a little bit, like, yeah, you know, I could spend tons and tons of time, you know, trying to be an expert in this and it's just a part of my business, but it isn't what I want to do as my business. Or I can spend that time learning how to find the people, hire the people and have them take care of that, you know, a lot more experienced than I am. And uh, I, I feel like that's that's really, really important. And I, I definitely am going to, you know, move forward on that. I think my decision's made. I'm going to pull the trigger on it. You're going to look me up two years from now. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. When I hit that balcony, I want to, I want to uh, be a repeat podcast. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I'll make sure I can pan the beach so you can see how it goes. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it already. Yeah, it'll happen. It'll happen. Yep. I agree. All right. So move on to our next question here. How do you define wealth? at this point in your life? I've got a couple different answers on this one. A rich, my wife tells me I speak like a fortune cookie, right? <laughs> a rich man is happy with what he has. Okay. Yeah. And that man who has one of everything is still jealous of the man who has two of everything. Right. So, it's your perception, right? Are you happy with what you have? Are you happy where you are? If you're not, then get off your butt and make some changes, okay? So for me, wealth is the ability to know that the bills are paid so I can be where I want, with who I want, when I want, doing what I want. Now, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm just going to like curl up on a beach for the rest of my life and do nothing. I mean, I still have this drive, this ambition, you know, to achieve and what's the next thing I can imagine and make it happen. Yeah. But for me, wealth is having all of your expenses covered with the assets or the passive income or what you've done thus far to take care of you. Mm -hmm. That's probably my shortest answer. <laughs> That was still like extremely deep though, you know, to, to be able to have that, that balance of actually, you know, reclaiming the ability to, or I guess I should say like creating the ability to, to be able to make those decisions on, you know, what you actually want to do with your life and like your family's life and something that's not dependent upon anything else, but the decision that you choose to make. And we all make those decisions. Mm-hmm. Every day we make those decisions. It's yep. either going to be decide to take what I've been given or say, no, I was built for something more. 
And that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to find out what that is. Yep. You know, I, I get sad for people sometimes that are living an unhappy life and feel they're stuck there because they wake up every morning, throw their feet over the bed and do that same thing that they hate doing. Yep. I wish they would stop doing that and be happy. You know, it's really, you know, put into perspective, um, you know, like the more people I talk to and, you know, kind of the more that that starts to happen, like how short life really is. And it really like blows my mind at this point in the game of how many, like the percentage of people that, you know, like hate their jobs and they're going to be there until they're 65 and hopefully retire. And like, you only have one life and it's like, it's short, you know, relatively speaking. Like, I, I don't understand why, you know, people are kind of like, I guess, okay with just playing it safe, you know, and having, you know, just, I mean, obviously, you know, if you're happy and everything, then that's kind of like the main goal at the end of the day, you know, to create that, that perfect life for yourself and everybody's going to be different. But I mean, I, I just don't get why, I mean, most people, well, I don't know if I should say most people. But a lot of people don't like their jobs, you know, overall. But a lot of people don't actually have the, I guess, have the drive to do something about it. And I just like it blows my mind to, to see people work at the same place, you know, being miserable and everything day after day, year after year, 40 years, 50 years for what? You know, like, you know, to to be able to hopefully retire for like 10 to 20 years and that's if, you know, your retirement covers the lifestyle that you want to live. Well, you know, it, like, I just, it, I don't get it. You know, it's like super bigger picture. Well, like, it's even scarier than that. Yeah. Because if they've accepted that lifestyle for 40 years to get to retirement, why at 65 are you going to wake up and be totally different and start living your life? Yep. You've already established this habit, this pattern. You got to break that now. You're doing your day gig. You're you're burning the midnight oil here. You've got bigger, better dreams to do something with your life. That's why I wanted to be on your podcast. I mean, I've been watching. Yeah, I'm the oldest guy you've ever had, but you know, good. Then maybe exactly. there's something. You know, I don't have all the answers. I'm never going to have all the answers. And the yep. day I think I do, I'm a fool, right? Because there's something someone's going to teach me tomorrow if I'm listening. Yep. So, yeah, it, it in um, the 80-20, right? 80-20 of the 80-20 and the 80-20 of that 80-20. Mm-hmm. Easily 80% of the people out there hate their job, 20%, 20% enjoy it. None of that 20%. 80% of those wish they were doing something else and the other 20% love what they do. Yep. For me, for the last, I want to say almost 20 years now, I've not had a job. I've not had a paycheck. I've not had a boss. No check is ever written to me. Yep. Okay. I'm happy. I guess that throws a a wrench into the how i define wealth right Nothing <laughs> threatened in my name i guess I'm, I'm a pauper here i'm totally poor 
Nothing's <laughs> in my name. <laughs> How do I define wealth? Having an entity own it for you. <laughs> well, oh. one last fortune cookie on that. Um, you fight and work very, very hard to get what you have. And then you have to fight and work twice as hard to keep it. So that's super important. Just looking down the list here. You, you got some good questions. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you get some even better answers. <laughs> um, number seven here. What are the most effective resources that have helped you the most far on your journey? It's cumulative. At the beginning of our careers, my wife and I, we were seminar junkies. Yep. We've almost spent six figures on going to every guru out there. Yeah. And I don't think any of them had the whole package, the whole answer, but we would take a piece from this and take a piece from this and take a piece from this. And all those puzzle pieces together we would innovate and build them into something new, right? And at the beginning, that's what we were doing. And then we hit this stale stretch. It's like, ah, I'm not gonna go spend another 10 grand to sit in a seminar. You know, I can read the book for 25 bucks or something like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, you get to this complacency where you say, okay, well, this is how it is and this is what I've learned. And I was feeling that, two, two, three years ago. It's like, well, wait a minute. I had to hit the brakes and say, well, what is it that I was doing at the beginning that got me so juiced up and so fired up to get me to where I am now? And how come I don't feel that way? And it was the learning. And I just started brushing off all the stuff that I had, had already previous taken. You know, it's like you read a book the first time you read it, then the second time you read, oh, I didn't know that the first time, third time. Wow, I never thought of it that way. And uh, you um, just keep, I had to re-immerse myself into those things that I were doing that got me there in the first place. Yeah. So now I am notorious. I'm listening to every Bigger Pockets podcast there is. I'm listening to your podcast. Uh, I'm reading books. Um, there's so many authors that go on the different podcasts. It's just branching out and branching out and branching out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I might listen to something that doesn't necessarily fit in with what I'm doing, but there'll be a piece there that I can add to my overall puzzle. So most effective resources for me today are podcasts at the beginning were the seminars, but those are expensive. And uh, the people, the people that you meet and uh, generate ideas with. Uh, Don, I can't think of his name, but you were the average of the five people that you hang out with, right? Yep. If all your friends are broken poor, get new friends. Yep. <laughs> you know, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to throw your friends under the bus, but if you're not happy with that, then find people who you can gravitate that will get you there. So I guess the answer is going to come back to people in those networks and relationships that you build. 
Because even listening to a podcast, I'm not physically talking to that host, but I can listen to what they say and uh, they'll have some good information or a book or a website or a technique or you know, some other way to look at it, like equity, right? You've got debt mm -hmm. equity, and then somewhere in the middle, there's a portion of equity and a portion of debt. Never heard that term before. Yep. So uh, right now, definitely books and uh, quiet time. Quiet time. There, there has to be time, even when I'm driving in the service van or something like that, where I have to just shut everything off and let all that noise in my head settle so I can see a clear picture. Driving, which is a mindless activity, like riding a bike or something like that, something where your body is engaged to the point where your brain can let go. Yeah. So that's on the other side of it. You have to put some fuel in there, put it in the engine and let it burn. And then at some point that energy goes somewhere. The momentum starts to build. You know, I, I'm really, really glad, um, you know, you said that. And, uh, you know, in terms of just like constantly consuming, you know, content and yeah. having relationships and talking to people and just always being in that world, but still be able to disconnect, you know, because I mean, like, I feel like you can only kind of learn like so much at one time. And then, you know, you need some time for your mind to actually just like digest that and really like just let that settle in and just let it, you know, just let it like mean something in your head, I guess. And I, I really like that part, too, about, you know, listening to like different podcasts that aren't necessarily, you know, about real estate or, or about business, whatever, because I mean, yeah, like the, the principles and stuff in the real estate are, are like extremely good information to know and to execute on. But there might be like a principle in like a whole nother genre podcast or, you know, even talking with someone who might not necessarily be in the real estate field, maybe, you know, tapping back into like the restaurant, um, you know, kind of people, they might run something a certain way that once you hear that, you know, from talking to them or from hearing it on a podcast, reading it in a book, whatever, that might really resonate with you. And then like that could be something really crazy that you implement into your business. And like, it's like something extremely valuable that is in a completely different place than you, what you would have thought. And I feel like that's, that's like just absolutely insane to really like diversify, like the kinds of like knowledge and stuff that you consume and the conversations and the people and just being like a well-rounded kind of person, you know, everything kind of might rise together. Um, you know, with the kind of information that you might have, that you might get. Yeah, education is like a smorgasbord or a buffet, right? Especially real estate, because you can wholesale, you can flip, you can tax lien, you can buy and hold, you can, I mean, the list goes on, multifamily parks, uh, buying notes, all these different things that you can do in real estate. So it's like a buffet, but you got to have some time there, right? You take a bite, you chew on it, and then you got to see how it tastes. Oh, do I like this? Okay, I like this one. Those maybe not so much. So I'll, I'll eat here, right? Yeah. And then you mentioned uh, when you were talking about the restaurant, you probably saw me almost start to laugh. Um, <laughs> I was on a, 
it was a typical work day, right? So, okay, where can I get a fast lunch, right? So yeah. I went to KFC, right? And I was amazed so much by getting lunch there that day that I wrote a whole blog post about it. Um, what I learned about property management from a chicken. <laughs> so um, they've just got their operations so like seamless. I went in, I said, okay, the basket number five with this drink and that, 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 uh, by the time they finished swiping my card, it was like, order number seven. That's me. I haven't even put the card back in my wallet yet. And my meal was ready. So they had their operations down, all their prep work, everything, every little piece of that whole plate had been thought out to the operations to the nth level. It's like, my God, if I could make my property management business run like this chicken place, I would be crushing it. Yep. See, and like, I feel like that kind of stems back to, you know, like the original uh, McDonald's, you know, Ray Kroc, um, what's the word? Franchise model. You yeah. know, I, I think that was in, yeah, that was in the E-Myth, I'm pretty sure. Franchise prototype. Yep, exactly. You know, just literally writing, like, having things the way that you want them write down all those processes and write down the directions exactly for how you want that to be followed. Yeah. And then, you know, like we were talking a little before the podcast, I believe it could have been during the podcast. I forget, but um, you know, like to be able to write down all those processes exactly how you want them done. So yeah. then your results flip flop from being dependent upon the person that's doing that and, and running those processes to the actual processes themselves so theoretically you know in a perfect world you would be able to take those processes and have like any person take a look at that go through your list go through your directions and then produce the same result you know almost every time with a low margin of error yeah. and you know that's that's exactly that and you know it, it starts to beg the question you know once you hear something like that or see something like that like you did so if this can run this way, why can't my business run this way? You know, how do I make my business operate so seamlessly and like streamlined like this is to get the same result almost every time as efficiently as possible? It, it's, it's such a, you know, <laughs> it's such a, a mind-blowing principle. Like, yeah, the hardest part is asking yourself the question. Mm-hmm. You know, again, if you don't pull up front, you don't get a parking spot there. Yeah. So. It's just, it, it's such a like mind blowing concept. And, you know, I mean, there's a McDonald's on basically every, probably like basically every block in the world at this point. So yeah. if that's the business model that they use, why can't you use something similar, you know, and then be able to take that to your business and be able to, to really just diverse like they did. You know, I mean, sometimes like, I feel like there's not really a need to reinvent the wheel, but to be able to take like a system or a process that works and then be able to twist your own ideas and stuff into it. And like, if you know that that model works, all right, you know, it's on the table. So now for you to be able to put your own stuff in and be able to put that you know, like you were talking about earlier, how you wanted to go like out west, um, you know, down south below the frost line. Yeah, yeah. If it works here, why can't it work over there? 
yeah you know screw it why can't it work in like europe you know like i feel like people don't think big enough you know because that's that's not the norm but why can't you you know do bigger things See, you know, fear I, is a funny thing some people never get started because they fear they're going to fail yeah but the other side of that coin is they fear they might succeed so you mentioned the Ray Kroc, right? Uh, Robert Kiyosaki in uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He gets all these, he was a venture capitalist, all these people, oh, I can make a better hamburger than McDonald's. Well, of course you can. But he doesn't care about the hamburger. McDonald's has a process. Yep. If you can show me a better process than McDonald's, I'll run to the bank with you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> of course. Yeah, even McDonald's, right? They've got this process and probably 80% of their workforce are high school students, right? Exactly. That's it right there. Yeah. You know? I hate to say, minimum wage high school students running a billion-dollar corporation. I'll put two pickles, a squirt of mustard and ketchup, and you'll have and half a slice of cheese, and you'll have the exact same sandwich <laughs> that they have downtown. Yep. And it is. You ever open that thing up, you get half a slice of cheese. Yeah, half the time it isn't even on the burger the right way. You know what I mean? But you know, that's that's besides the point. That's that's dragging our point down a little bit, but whatever. So <laughs> but you're right though. You know, if if you can make your processes strong enough to have, you know, I guess people with a lot less experience, um trying to figure out how to word this. I guess maybe that like haven't been in the workforce that long to be able to give them something, you know, just clear, clear and concise to be able to get your, the result that you desire. And if it works, you know, obviously that might work pretty good if it's on almost every street corner in the entire globe, you know? So it's, it's just truly fascinating. Um, you know, it's, it's incredible. So the challenge on all businesses like even McDonald's, right? When, uh, I forgot what the documentary was, but uh, something like this cheeseburger has been sitting here for five months and it hasn't aged a bit, right? Yeah. I'm not slamming McDonald's. I'm not slamming the food or anything like that. <laughs> but what I am emphasizing is innovation, right? Yeah. Now you go to McDonald's and they got apple slices and milk for kids. Yeah. And uh, there's options. They innovated. They changed their menu. I'm forced to do the same thing in my business. Mm -hmm. right? I can't ever be so arrogant or verbose to say, this is how we do it and that's it. Yeah. Because you know, you're coming in, you're gonna work for us, Kyle, right? I'm gonna give you my SOP. I'm gonna say, okay, so this is how we've done it, but I want you to treat this as a guideline, okay? Because you're gonna be doing this job every day. Yeah. This is what we've known about this job and how we've created this. But you may see something where there's a new technique or a new product or a better way of doing that. I want the door open that you can come to us and say, hey, I got a plan. I raised my hand. Let's try this. And I have to be smart enough as your manager to say, let's try it. Let's test it. Let's measure it. And if it works, that's the new SOP. Yeah. innovation i mean five years ago we weren't using app folio for property uh property management software 
Now we use it. I can't imagine how we used to do it without it. And we're still implementing new ways. I mean, COVID, right? Yeah. We had a 25% increase in sales and revenue during COVID. We had to change everything we did. No more, come on in, see the apartment. We, we had to come up with all new guidelines, how we lease, how we rent, how we show. Everything's virtual. We take the cameras, the phones. Uh, I think we've got like about 190 videos on our YouTube channel now yeah. that you want to see that apartment. Here's the link. Here's the virtual tour. You get to see it. If you like it, you got to fill out the rental application. We don't even book a showing for anyone now because of COVID until they filled out the rental application, met our income requirements, passed a quarry and a scorey, went through housing court records. We called their best friend references, all this stuff. And then after you pass all that, we'll show you the apartment. I've leased up so many apartments this year of people I never met. And the whole relationship has been virtual. And they're fine with that because they're just as scared as we are. Exactly. Of course. I'm going to walk into a building that who's been in? You know, now, oh, I like it. Now I want to see it. Okay. We'll go there now. You fill yep. this stuff out, we'll go there. So innovation, right? The same thing. McDonald's, Ray Kroc, everything. What Ray Kroc built was an innovation for the McDonald's brothers. Mm -hmm. And now McDonald's is McDonald's. You'll still get the cheeseburger the way the cheeseburger is, but uh, March is coming up. You'll get your green Irish shake, yep. Uh, yep. pumpkin spice latte. I mean, there's those different things you need to offer. I mean, even in us, the things that people can do on their phone and in their portal, we're always trying to change that experience that the people are having. And that's the thing they tell their friends about. Hey, you got to rent from Bel Air. You wouldn't believe what we can do on our phone. Didn't exist before. It's and I don't know what it's going to be next year, but yeah. I'm looking for it already. Because it's going to. I love this game. Year. I know. I yeah. love this game. It's insane, you know. And like, I feel like you're always going to have to adapt. Um, yeah. You know, as circumstances change and. You know, especially, you know, I feel like that kind of like really got brought into focus with, you know, COVID and stuff coming, you know, you kind of saw, um, you know, like these certain companies, whether they were like, you know, like really big companies, like starting to make masks that, you know, would make t-shirts and stuff like that. And then, you know, unfortunately you would kind of see those businesses that might not have adapted, you know, and to the unfortunate, I guess, uh ending you know for for a lot but i guess what i'm getting at is like a lot of people saw um like the circumstance of everything going on and i feel like that kind of births like a decision on whether you adapt or try to adapt or whether you don't and potentially pay the consequences you know i mean nobody expected this to come at all but some people have absolutely thrived yeah you know since everything started happening everything started closing down because they innovated and adapted in certain ways and other businesses not so much unfortunately again yeah you know i feel like that's that's such a big thing and like 
I, like I you know, just said a minute ago, I feel like you're always going to have to adapt something and innovate something because yeah. the world moves really fast, you know? Yeah. Even looking for real estate deals. Yep. As soon as everybody learns a technique, it doesn't work anymore. You got to find another one. It's too saturated. Yeah. So then that you have to adapt and find the new thing. It's just, just the work doesn't work. Yeah. Yep. Well, we got about four more hours to go here. <laughs> We're reaching the reaching the twenty three hour mark. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Hey, good. <laughs> uh, I, I think I just covered your next five podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That concludes our creating wealth podcast episode for today. I want to thank every single person that has listened this far. It really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together. Hopefully you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. If you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Bigger Pockets. Until next time, let's build together. <laughs>